What is up and welcome to The Third Out. I am your host, Bryson French, here with Noah Witzke. Noah, how are you doing today? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good, man. How are you? Good. Well, there's no more baseball, so I guess not as good. We have to wait a while for 2024 to start before we get more baseball. Yeah. But we have a World Series to talk about. It's our first episode since the World Series finished. So we got that to talk about. And a little bit of news. We're going to try to hold off on you know, the award stuff and the free agency frenzy. I'm going to save that for a later episode. But we got a, got a lot of stuff between the World Series and the news that we got. So you ready to jump in here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. All right. Rangers are the World Series champions. If you told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have been pretty shocked. Um, but they had a great year. They had a really great year. All-Star break, I feel like they were... I mean, they were the best team in the American League, right, at the All-Star break? Yes. And Diamondbacks were looking pretty impressive at that point. But, you know, the kind of the injuries and that kind of stuff, they kind of got the midseason, at least the Rangers did, both both teams did. Uh, they got in, kind of got the injuries, got washed out there a little bit in the middle of the season. And then they both finished really, really strong. And I think both of these teams deserve to be in the World Series. Rangers, first one for the organization. Got to feel good. And... I feel like they got to be back sometime soon. I mean, even if we were sleeping oh, on, yeah. on them at the beginning of the year, I feel like they quieted those concerns. I feel like you can't have that anymore. You got to consider them contenders moving forward now with what these guys did, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe not next year, uh, but I can definitely see in the years after. Excuse me. Yeah, in the years coming. Uh, I mean, you sign Corey Seager, Marcus Str- not Marcus Stroman, Marcus Simeon. You know, you get your infield two years ago, then you go out and you get all these all these pitchers this offseason to really set your team up for the future. Uh, I think they were kind of ahead, ahead, of, a, ahead of schedule a little bit uh, with this World Series title. I think they obviously wanted to compete for it, but I think they came a little earlier than what they anticipated. Yeah, they were ahead of our schedule. Looking mm-hmm. back at it, though, I think the hiring of Bruce Bochy really shows their schedule. I mean, that... Yeah. As he said, he wasn't going to sit around and rebuild. I mean, he was in retirement. He wanted, if he came back, he wanted to win. And that's the mentality he brought. Let's go ahead and talk about that. I mean, Bruce Bochy has to be getting up there. If not, I mean, he's got to rank towards the top, if not the top of best managers right now. And he's got to be getting up there on the list of best managers all time, surely. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is what, his third team he's led to the World Series? Did he lead the Padres in the World Series? I don't know a whole lot historically. I think but, I saw something like that. But, yeah, I mean, that's insane. Yeah, and what he did with that run with the Giants really is the best era or dynasty, closest thing we have to a dynasty in baseball in my lifetime so with that early 2000s Giants team. And then just to come out of retirement, take a team that was a disaster two years ago, had a completely reworked pitching staff and then just pull him to the World Series. I mean, incredible, incredible stuff from Bruce, Bruce Bochy. He'd be a guy that I would love to just spend time around and learn the game of baseball with him. I think that would be really, really fun. Yeah. Diamondbacks. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, Bruce Bochy did not, he didn't win a title with the Padres. I saw he had three rings with the Giants and the, this was his fourth. Okay. Still, I mean, four rings, 
Yeah. The Padres probably made a mistake letting him go. I don't know what the disagreement was there, but, you know, looking back at it at this point, he's a very inspirational guy. Players love him. Also, Dusty Baker has retired. Kind of on that same note of yes. inspirational guys, guys, players love. Mm-hmm. Big manager that we grew up with, especially here in the Reds. He yeah. was the face of the Reds. Not a lot of postseason success. How do you quantify, like, how important is postseason success to a manager, though? I feel like it has to be very important. I mean, baseball, like, there's no individual player. Like, it's not like basketball where you have to, like, look at rings to figure out how good a guy is all time. Baseball individual players, rings don't really show how good you were. It shows overall the team. But I think manager, yeah, you're right. I think manager has to get a lot of that postseason success and stuff. And, you know, Dusty Baker was in some rough situations. There's there's that. And he may, he got the most out of his players, I think. Not to take away from Dusty Baker. He did get his ring. But, yeah, the Bruce Bochy's postseason success is really, really great. Um, yeah, I'll say, I think it's kind of the same with players and managers by getting judged by you know, postseason success. I mean, just with Aaron Boone, I mean, Yankee fans are calling for his firing. Just, I mean, granted, we had a terrible year this year, but I mean, they're, they've been calling for his firing because they haven't been able to get back to the World Series. And it was the same thing with Girardi. I mean, it, he kind of went downhill fast in the playoffs. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think on the fan base too and what organization. Yeah. But I think overall, I think it's very, very similar between player and, uh, and manager. I almost feel like the manager in baseball has the amount of importance that a star player has in basketball when it comes to playoffs. Not so much through the regular season grind because that's mm-hmm. a lot with the roster. But I think in the playoffs, I think the manager takes an elevated role um, in the importance there. And not to say that Aaron Boone should be fired for that. I'm not saying that because it takes, I think that it's just, it's the elevation between a good manager and an amazing manager, though when you start mm-hmm. seeing that postseason success. And I think they should really get a lot of credit for that when they have it. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, next episode, we'll, tar- we'll start talking about the awards finalists. we got manager of the year finalists, obviously. Buck Showalter is in there. On the other side of things, the Diamondbacks, Tori Lovello, is not in the National League finalists. We'll go ahead and talk about that. How do you feel? Do you think he got robbed? At, a, at least mm. as of not being a finalist, not to say robbed of winning it, but not even a finalist, not even top three. Yeah, I would say so a little bit. I mean, I mean look at the took body a team that we didn't. Ex- yeah. Took a team we didn't expect to be there all the way to the World Series. I mean, we, oh, you were saying like third place team? I think we were both saying third place team for the Diamondbacks mm-hmm. this year. Just missing out on the playoffs. And to go this far, amazing. Back to the Rangers, though. Does want to focus on the team that won it all. We can talk about Diamondbacks throughout the, you know, throughout the postseason. They did, a, or throughout the offseason. They did a lot to, uh, you know, deserve a lot of talking. They outperformed all that stuff. And we'll talk about how they can improve even upon from where they were. And how they, you know, how they jumped a lot of steps on the ladder. But let's let's focus on uh, 
the Rangers, you said something interesting. You said they may not be competitive next year. Do you think there's going to be a lapse now? Because the offense they signed long term, right? Seager, Simeon, mm-hmm. those guys have they're on long term contracts. The pitchers were not on long term contracts, so and they had a lot of older pitchers. Yes. Yeah, that they're kind of waiting for those young of, pitchers. Yeah, that's part that's kind of concerning a little bit, and I don't think they won't be competitive. I I don't think they'll be to the point where they were this year. Uh, which That's is fair. very, which I, I think is a very fair statement because whenever you win yeah. a championship, really in any any level, any sport, the team usually goes down a little bit the next year. Whether it's they actually go down or expectations just are through the roof, so it feels like they're going down. And then at the professional level, I mean, once once somebody gets their ring, they usually go get their money. And that's probably going to be elsewhere, especially some of these pitchers. I mean, you're looking at Jordan Montgomery, really the main guy on that staff who I don't want to say most likely will leave, but he's the biggest guy in the market who's going to attract the most money. So you could see him going a couple different places. And he was one of the main guys in this postseason that really kind of held that group together. Yeah, he's he's the main free agent, and I think he's possibly the only big pitcher that pitcher that didn't have a ring, right? Aroldis has mm-hmm. a ring. Evaldi has the ring. He's been clutching the postseason. He's pitched in lots of World Series. Scherzer has a ring. Who else is there? I mean, like a lot of the other guys were were younger guys who just aren't free agents. But yeah, you're right. I could see Evald like if if Montgomery leaves, that could be a big blow to them, especially as like the mm-hmm. youngest biggest guy but if he comes back they may have to pay him a lot which would also not necessarily be ideal Mm -hmm. um the d-backs though let's switch to how they played the d-backs didn't run a whole lot during the world series and that's kind of been their identity all season so what's up with that yeah i don't know what i mean i don't think it may have just been just a certain like the games that I got to watch, because I didn't get to watch as much of this World Series as I probably would have liked to. Uh, I watched I watched a little bit of every game, but I didn't get to sit down and watch all the games. I don't. I feel like they didn't get as many base runners as they did in the last series. That is true. Offense was totally lacking yeah, after game yeah. two, I'll, even in game yeah. one. But yeah, game one and game two, I think, is when they had their most uh, runners. Uh, there was a couple spots in, I think, game four. Game four or five, they had bases loaded a couple times. And there was a couple, yeah. there was a couple innings where they had base runners, but that was essentially it for that game. So, like, each yeah. game, except but for even the last with- one. The, yeah, I mean, the last one, they, I don't, they had two or three people on base, it seemed like. But, yeah, even when they got people on base, it wasn't like they were trying to move them around. They weren't. Yeah, you know, they weren't being aggressive. They weren't getting big leads. I mean, they were just kind of on base. I think I can think of at least four, at least four situations right off the top of my mind where I was thinking, man, he's going to run here. He's got to steal here. And when you're not getting runners on base, I feel like you've got to take advantage of those situations even more. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team too that takes its pride in being able to move guys around the base with small ball, with still with stolen bases, buns, sack flies, that kind of stuff. Like, and then you just totally abandon it in the most important moment. 
and they weren't even like they weren't even threatening they weren't even aggressive it wasn't even a question of like oh they're not being ultra aggressive they're just being moderate no they just were being cold feet like not doing anything there so it was kind of weird i don't know if it really did much to cost them the series um yeah but it would have would have helped them for sure yeah definitely yeah, it definitely would have helped them a little bit. I mean, when you lose in five, I mean, stealing bases isn't going to be the deciding factor if you win or lose. But, I mean, you have to at least be aggressive. I mean, there was a couple games where, I mean, you have a runner on first with one out or no outs, and that guy, end up, guy ends up staying on first for the whole inning. I mean, yeah. you got to at least at least attempt to steal it. He gets thrown out, he gets thrown out. But you can't change what you've been doing and what you pride yourself on for the whole, this whole postseason, or kind of the whole year, but this postseason yeah. especially. Um, I mean, for the last series, and then, I mean, they were just outmatched. I mean, you can kind of obviously tell that watching the games that this pitching staff, I mean, was just unreal. Or the Texas pitching staff, I mean, just totally shut them down. But I mean, you still got to at least at least run your do what you do. And it's felt like they've been outmatched all postseason. So I just wasn't comfortable saying, oh, they're outmatched here in the World Series, too, because at that point, you just kind of have to be like, all right, well, it looks like they're outmatched, but they'll probably make it interesting. And they just stopped making it in- making it interesting here. Um, so that was, you know, maybe a little less unfortunate. Also, they I don't want to say the Empire has lost them the game. In game three, yeah, game three. But the umpires had a terrible day in game three. They had, honestly, a pretty terrible series overall, I think. Uh, But game three was really bad for the umpires. And then the walker getting thrown out at home. It was just like everything was going against the Diamondbacks for this whole series, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't get anything going for them. I mean, they took game two, you know, to even it out 1-1. But then after that, I mean, everything that could go wrong just went wrong. I mean, you, I thought they'd get a little bit of a break with Adolis going out. I was like, okay, they'll win at least one of these next two games. They may go down 3-2 or 3-1, but they'll, they'll get the next one. And then it was just the yeah. total opposite. I mean, they just couldn't get anything together. Yeah. And it wasn't like the games weren't competitive. There were close games. There were two blowouts, one that Arizona won and one that Texas won. And the other games were close games. I mean, we had a walk-off in game one, and we had, you know, just mm-hmm. a bunch of action. And, you know, like the last game was a pitching duel. We had more scoring in, a, in uh, what was it, game three. We had a good bit more offense there. Like, mm-hmm. I think we got a good mix of everything. But yet, the viewership was absolutely terrible. Yeah, like, but I mean, I I hate to say it, but this was kind of expected. Um, yeah. I think since since the Cubs won it, it was it was pretty high for that game or for that series. And then every every year since then, it has gone down. Yeah, I saw a graphic somewhere. I can't remember yeah. where it was, but the graphic. I think did I send it to you? Yeah, you did. It's it's basically just a line going down yeah. and down and down every year, and this is just the lowest point. Do you think a better or a different? I don't want to say better because I enjoyed this matchup because it's two teams that I really 
liked. And I personally like small market teams, and I'm probably just odd in that way. Um, but that said, do you think if there's a different matchup or something like that, does that trend maybe reverse or slow down less? Or is it just totally just the trend of baseball? I don't think it's a trend of baseball. I think, too, is they put these games on some at like the same time as NFL games and stuff like that a lot of times, which is hard because a lot of these, most, I mean, everybody knows the country has dramatically shifted towards the NFL. I mean, oh, yeah. ratings are through the roof for the NFL right now. Every all the ratings for everything else is down. So it's not like it's this is just a baseball problem. Uh, it just happens to be the World Series happens to be the same time as as football. So I don't think it's necessarily alarming. Like it's the trend of baseball. I think the matchup definitely had something to do with it to an extent. Um. I think it definitely would. I don't know if it would have been as far down as it was. I think it, was, it still would have been lower. I mean, it, maybe if I'm trying to think of a matchup that it could it could bring up. If it were like just a rematch, like Phillies Astros again. Yeah, Phillies Astros. It may have. It probably would have been about the same as last year. Um, Overall, the American League just lacked the star teams yeah I mean, yeah when you're thinking like new york and boston yeah I, I I, that's Maybe. what i was trying to say Dodgers i was like uh, yeah a new york yeah i think a yankees dodgers probably would have been pretty high boston dodgers um you know those i think any of these big market teams probably would have helped them out a lot yeah you know but then you the have giant under yeah they, i think they probably would have brought it up a little bit but at the same time i think it's more valuable to have balance in your sport than it is to mm -hmm. just farm viewership as much as possible and we're seeing this with the nhl nhl is really doing a good job of balancing the league to where everyone is competitive and it makes it so much better and yeah you don't have the big cities in every matchup in the stanley cup and all but it's getting so many fan bases overall interested in the game and attentive every year. And I think that's probably more important. And that's what happens here too. Like this probably revitalized an Arizona fan base a lot faster mm -hmm. than what Arizona was even thinking would happen. So yeah, I do appreciate that baseball is in a position to where any team can compete and any team can have star players like Adolis Garcia, you know, star players is in these guys aren't really recognized so much right now, but there are players on these teams that deserve to be recognized as star players. You got Adolis Garcia, who's electric, and unfortunately he got hurt, but game one was a walk off. That's amazing. You got Simeon, who can hit more home runs as a second baseman than any other second baseman in the league or in history, honestly, right? Didn't he set the single season record for home runs for second baseman? Um, yeah. I and then you so. got, you got a, 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 a rookie that's on an MVP pace on the other side, Corbin Carroll, who everybody's going to know here soon. So, I mean, it was there, and I, I do appreciate the matchup, though, I guess what I'm saying here. Um, I also think, though, it has a lot to do with how people consume baseball, you know, rather than mm -hmm. just straight up watching it on TV. You got to think there's probably people now, more so than ever, you know, year by year, just watch highlights of games, you know, afterwards, because you got extended highlights rather than just 30-second highlights. You can go watch, like, 10-minute highlights later. 
you can watch on demand later. That's an option for people. Yeah. I also don't know how viewership is tracked through like streaming apps and like YouTube TV and stuff. If that's tracked the same way, because there's probably way less people watching on cable television. If that's how it's being tracked, that the numbers are just completely off. Therefore, um, you know, there's a lot of different factors here um, that can that can blend into this. People probably pirate the game. Like there's a lot of people who just don't mm-hmm. pay for TV too, and just get it other ways. So yeah, there's a lot of different things going on there, and I. You know, a lot of people are blaming it on a matchup, blaming it on baseball being boring and all that stuff. And I don't think that's the case, but maybe it's just me looking through rose colored lenses because I love baseball, though. I like these two teams. Who knows? All right. Anything else to say about the World Series? I'm sure we'll talk about it throughout the offseason as we talk about the Rangers. We do talk about the Rangers a good bit. Yeah. No, I mean, not not that I can really think of. I think you kind of hit on it. Uh, I mean, you can't really say say too much more about it. How dominant Rangers were, D-backs kind of didn't disappear, but didn't do what they did all postseason. So, yeah, I think we kind of hit hit everything. Oh, you have uh, announcers were obsessed with the D-backs on here. Did you want to? Yeah, touch so on I had some. All? I have some friends who are Rangers fans, and they were rather annoyed, particularly with John Smoltz. I think who was just going on and on about the D-backs the whole series, even when the even when the when the uh, Rangers were the ones dominating the game. Um, that's kind of how it was. Thought that was interesting. I watched a lot of the games without audio, right? We we did the streaming that one night, so I wasn't listening then. Mm-hmm. There was another night I was doing another project and I was I had it on. And I was watching watching without audio. So I didn't pick up on that a ton. I noticed it a little bit here and there, but Rangers fans were rather adamant about that, and I saw a lot of memes and stuff on base on a uh, Insta on goodness X. I saw a lot of memes on X later about how obsessed John Smoltz was with that the Diamondbacks. Yeah, um, I, I kind of feel like this happens more more than we kind of realize. Every time there's a a big under underdog, which I don't really know if the Diamondbacks were that big of underdogs. I just think. It was because they weren't really expected to be there as the last team yeah. in. I feel like the announcers do it every year. They pick a team and they just ride them until until they either get knocked out or they win. Yeah, I, I feel like Joe Buck, every sport's like that. Oh, Joe yeah, Buck. Joe Buck has been was I remember as a youngster. I like Joe Buck. I like listening to him. But when I was young, everybody hated him when the Giants were in the World Series because he would just talk about Madison Bumgarner all the time. Even when Madison Bumgarner wasn't pitching, he would just talk about him every game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Madison Bumgarner was great and all, but like it was just nonstop. Uh, and I remember that being a viral thing that everybody was talking about back then. And yeah, it, it happens every World Series, but I, some, some years are worse than others. Some teams, some players mm-hmm. make it worse than others, you know. Uh, this was just one of those scenarios. Um, not really much more to say about it than that. Another thing I've seen, though, and the people that I've heard this from, I don't know how much I credit them with knowledge of baseball, but it's an interesting statement, and it got me thinking. Is Corey Seager a Hall of Fame player on pace to be, or already cemented himself as a guy who should be a Hall of Fame player? He's not even 30. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So if he retires, so is the 
are you asking more like if he retired today, would he be in the Hall of Fame? Or is he just, just on track say to be a Hall of Famer? He he's on let's just say on track. Oh, one hundred percent. Like I don't think he has such a question. Yeah. It's one hard of, uh, for me. He, I don't because I don't think it's that hard. Well, I'm uh, I'm not saying for him personally. I'm saying it's hard for me because I have seen very few players in my life become Hall of Famers, so I don't really know like what the bar is real well right now. Yeah. Like a lot of the players well, I see getting in are guys like I don't remember them ever playing, so I don't know like what level that needs to be. That said, yeah, I'm with you. I think Koi Seager should be in though. Yeah, I'll say yeah, because we are just we're just now really kind of getting to people who are getting in the Hall of Fame that were that we watched the majority of their career. Yeah, but yeah, I would say I could you could make an argument if he retired today, he would be in he would get into the Hall of Fame. He, I won't, he wouldn't be a first ballot or anything, but I think he you could make a case for him to get in. He's a yeah. two time World Series MVP. Uh. What he got one in both leagues. Um, I think he's one of one of two position players to get it with two teams. Uh there uh, there was a bunch of different things that he was the fir- one of two on, or was the first of when he got this second. But a lot of those are just playoff series. things. Yes, but I feel like if you're a two time World World Series MVP with two different teams. And you're a near MVP level player in a couple other Every years. Every year, yeah, or yeah, the last. I mean, he's, years. he's an all star level player. Every year, he's a top ten shortstop. Every year, yeah. top five yeah, shortstop. I, every year, that's gotta yeah, be so, it, right? Like, if you're a top five shortstop for ten years plus, that's gotta yeah, be. Yeah, which is that whole thing? Average top three. If, if you're top three if for it's five not, years, top ten for like ten years, yeah. If it's not, I think there's kind of, but yeah, I think as long as he doesn't pot or test positive for anything, I think he's yeah. kind of a shoe in. You and I have said though in the past that maybe the Hall of Fame has just too many people getting in because there's players that get in that you and I look back and like we we keep up with baseball. We've never even heard of this dude. Got no clue what he did. I don't know if Corey yeah. Seager is going to be that guy. I don't know what players in our lifetime are going to be that guy. That's just what gets me. Um, but yeah, the he, he's had an incredible year. I mean, he was he. If it weren't for Otani, he would be MVP this year. So that goes with the oh, two yeah, and two other sure. years of being MVP level. So yeah, I'm with you. MVP level, Hall of Famer. All right, let's get off of World Series stuff. We got some other news around the league. One wacky story. The Padres apparently took out a $50 million short-term loan to get some cash because they're running short. Now, it's not like they're broke, but they aren't very liquid, and they couldn't finish off their payroll for the year. They needed to get some cash on hand. How badly is an organization ran from a business standpoint that this happens? Do you think they maybe overextended themselves trying to get the free agents and like stretch their budget to like make themselves competitive in that way? I don't know. I mean, it's just, I don't understand how a professional sports team 
that's not like bottom tier. Like this team makes a lot of money for the, you yeah, know, for the owner for the, for the city and everything. Like this, well, they have the money. They just didn't have money cash on yeah. hand, like in their account. It's just out, like in investments and stuff. Like it's it yeah, is weird though. Is it a sign that they're not gonna like buy any more free agents for a little while? Or are they gonna have to like cut back? Maybe. I would say probably, or they just need a new investment team or a new business team to yeah. make sure their books are squared away and everything like that. Yeah. All right. Next next story. This is going to be our last story of the day, and lead us into. I don't know. Not time. not our next episode. Probably the episode after this. Um, yeah. We're going to do a manager tier list, but before we get into that manager tier list, Craig Council. Is now the manager of the Cubs. Yeah, uh, this kind of surprised me because I didn't realize they had let their manager go. Yeah, Joe Ross is gone. Yeah, I didn't Which, realize Ross was Ross was let go. When, when did we that had talked about him needing to go. I think had we not, and I've heard yeah, we other people about talk about that. We talked about but him I didn't think needing to like. Yeah, neither one of us thought it would happen. Oh, he was on that World Series team. He was he's been he's been okay, and then he's been bad. So it wasn't like he was just bad the whole time. He just never progressed in, like the team never progressed. They stayed mediocre to bad. Yeah. So we'll this see. This is scary we'll for me as a Cardinals fan. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I think I think they're gonna be good. If Craig Council can had, lead. I was like, if they can keep some of the guys that they have, like they signed uh, this offseason, I think they'll be they'll be competitive, at least. I don't know. Yeah, they won't be elite or anything, but they'll be they'll be a competitive, confident squad. If Craig Council can lead a team with no money and no offense to being repetitively competitive for a division imagine what he can do with the top farm system and money in a big city mm -hmm. that's scary to me yeah as a cardinals fan uh yeah and the thing I, about ross think... is the go ahead this the cubs team they were good when nobody was watching they were bad when the pressure was on and that to me mm -hmm. comes back on manager and not on skill because we saw throughout the course of the year that the skill showed playoff ability and it was the big moments that kept them back. And I feel like that's what the manager has to step up to. I feel like that's where manager comes into play. At least that's probably what the Cubs are thinking too. And as you go with this top farm system, and they might try to spend more money here in the offseason, you want to have a good guy at the wheel. That said, Craig Council being pursued by the Mets big time. The Mets did hire the Brewers GM. And of course, the Brewers GM would want his manager they pursued him hard that would have been a good move for the Mets but the Mets are left empty-handed here yeah the I know the Mets hired one of the Yankees uh, bench coaches yes yeah so let me see what... maybe left with yeah, oh, the scraps yes. Carlos Carlos Mendoza hired as Mets manager Okay. We'll see how that yeah. one works. I, I, but Craig Council's yeah. top of the I line, and they didn't get that. 
No, they did not. I, and it's strange that they just immediately. I mean, as a Yankees fan, I knew he was good. I didn't. Th- I didn't realize he w- he would leave for a manager job though. But who knows? Uh, it's kind of strange that they hired him the same day. They probably so had they, that in place, and they were really trying to get counsel. And as yeah. soon as you find out you don't get counsel, then okay, Plan B. We got Plan B. Boom. Yeah, it's crazy it moved that fast. Yeah. But. Alrighty, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to come back next time. We got some guests coming up in the postseason. We also have the coach tier list. We got uh, awards to talk about. We got a lot of stuff. We got all a free agency to go through. So make sure to come back. We'll see you guys next week.